Welcome to the Addiction Connection. We like to believe the opposite of addiction is actually connection, and we are going to attempt to educate you and possibly even entertain you while we navigate all topics addiction. Hi, I'm Dr. Kirk Devine. And I'm Dr. Heather Bell, and we both provide primary care and addiction services. It's our goal to help you learn more about the disease of addiction and its treatments. Welcome back. This is like... This We're actually a, like doing doing this again. Continuation. We're like following through. There you go, Molly. That's my sister who told me we are, aren't. We're, we're making promises and not following through. Ugh. Here we go. Stop her. She's she's just bashing us. So what we did last time is we took one talk and cut it up a little bit because it was too long. Yeah. So actually, two weeks ago we talked about. Opioids and their interactions with other medications that don't play well in the sandbox. And then last week we talked about medical diagnoses and, you know, states of being that don't play well with opioids in the sandbox. And then this week we're going to talk about the bad things that opioids can cause. Long-term effects. There you go. That can actually affect you. (laughs) I said it twice just to really put it home. Wow. This is number 75. Yeah. That's amazing. And that's not actually counting all the COVID ones. It's like, it's, I'm just hoping at my age we make 100. I don't know. We'll see. That's if like a half every a week. year yet. Oh, yeah. Then we're good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling pretty good. I'm, I'm not dead yet. Okay. Um, well, anyway, I should probably get to the place. So let's start off by talking, if you want, Kurt, to talk about the, how opioids impact the immunological system. Yeah. I had a lot of immunology in medical school, and that's where it ended. No, I... Uh, you did? Did they even have these definitions? Of these <laughs> yeah. when you there was no such school. thing as a natural killer cell, I'll tell you that. But anyway, um, one of the problems with uh, the immunology... Well, your immune system. One of the, <laughs> one of the things we've known a long time, and I, I remember sitting through a talk once, and they were talking about how... Um, you know, people on long-term opioids have all these issues with infections. And, of course... The question would be why? Well, there's a lot of reasons. It's just crazy to me, though. Yeah. Like, I remember, I think we were at that talk. It must have been one of the conferences we went to, but. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. it's something I hadn't heard of, and this is early right. on uh, when we were just starting to do a lot more addiction. And Seems like 100 it, years ago. Yeah, and this whole fact that it inhibits kind of the antibodies and the cellular immunity. and Those and, are important. Yeah. You and that's it. like both. Both sides. So, and of course, you get less natural killer cell activity and cytokine expression so things are not working there and, and then the phagocytic stuff man that just those big things that those like big globs in. i always think of that movie the blob which was made when you were weren't even born um but uh it just blobs along and eats everything up yeah and that's just they're lazy and you know they, we they knew a lot about some of this stuff this had been described a long time ago um way back uh with guinea pigs 1890 just uh just a few years ago. I wonder why they chose guinea pigs. Yeah, so they've known that that these types of these types of medications actually affect your immune system for a long time. Did you know my 11-year-old actually really wants a guinea pig and I made him write out pros and cons list and he handed me a stack of like note cards and one of the cons of guinea pigs I mean I have them in the car. Is it people want to do experiments on them? No, well that too that wasn't on there but one of the cons was that they actually get a lot of infections they get sick a lot that's 
Isn't that interesting? No. So they like killed these guinea pigs in this study. Oh, really? I bet. I don't know. I didn't read the No study. guinea pigs were harmed in this talk. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, so just keep in mind that, that with people on long-term opioids, you get a lot more pneumonia, you get a lot more infections uh, overall. And so it's something to think about as patients uh, move on in age. They well, become older adults. And there's some, See how I said that? And we talked about that last week, especially with like the COPD and all those things, the concomitant, I love that word, things. I'm going to talk about the beginning of this part of the talk, and then we're going to let you go in the weeds. And just for Diana, find squirrels. Anyway, so hormonal, there's a lot of hormonal impact or effects from opioids. And I just love this picture, yelling at the pituitary gland. So we'll get to the testosterone in a little bit, but there's a lot of other abnormalities in estrogen and luteinizing hormone and the gonadotropin-releasing hormone and the DHEA. So it impacts literally all of them. And so there's a ton of concerns. And the most common hormonal impacts of opioids are the sexual dysfunction, depression, decreased energy level, and then in women, osteoporosis, which is not good. It isn't good. And I just lost the whole talk. So I'm I'm going to need you to just kind of move on for a minute while I... Um, you're not going to go... Oh, uh, in the weeds. Here. In the weeds. So we're going to talk just a little bit about uh, some of the opioid issues with testosterone. And actually, we did a pretty long talk on this before, and this is going to be a little bit shorter. Um, but one of the interesting things is that they've known for a while that morphine kind of gives you this long kind of this long-lasting decrease in your testosterone. And uh, and it really can happen fairly quickly within a couple of hours. So um, it takes a while for that testosterone to bounce back, uh, and but it can. Uh, so I think it's important to understand that these studies have been, have been done. And actually, uh, one of the ones that we looked at was just from about six or seven years ago by Caluzzi. So the other thing that they do... Um, they, they as well, they inhibit the, the hypothalamus and, and the production of the GnRH, right? So you also get the alpha reductase and the P450 aromatase. And they, they actually increase the metabolism of the blood and brain testosterone. So as you get on these opioids, uh, you're going to see these dropping levels of all of these things. And of course, Dr. Bella's messing with my computer and she probably lost all my papers that I've been like- saving. A mess here. I yeah. don't. What did you do? Yeah, I have no idea. Um, he like, but, you guys like. T- t- we're gonna go on a tangent here because you guys need to learn what we are operating with because no. I don't even know what you just did here. It just things just blew up. So multiple studies have actually shown a kind of a direct correlation between testosterone deficiency and chronic opioid use. And uh, in fact, way back in 2002, I think one of the things we always think about, oh, let's do them intrathecal. Uh, but in fact, even with intrathecal opioids, you get that same drop in the testosterone. Uh, in 2004, uh, there, there was, I love this guy's name, Raja Gopal. Uh, I love that. It's a great name. Uh, reminds me of doc, the other doctor, the radiologist. Dr. Gopal from Hennepin Healthcare. Yep. Uh, but he did a study on 40 cancer survivors, and he showed that 90% of these people who are on opioids were actually hypogonadal, uh, and only 40% of the control group uh, were actually having similar issues. So uh, really kind of an interesting thing in the early 2000s. And, you know, one of the things is, like, at what level, um, you know, at what point uh, does this androgen deficiency happen? Super fast. 
I'm back now because I had to fix the world. One week? It can happen. So, I mean, here's just another thing. And I know we've talked about this before where that in the group you work on with the state is, is that whole transition from acute to chronic opioid use is such a focus is that, you know, really the, the key here is the three to five days so you don't develop, you know, opioid misuse and abuse and opioid use disorder. Well, here's just another reason to not go beyond the one week. Yeah, but it's really, it's really pretty amazing. And um, especially greater than 100 morphine equivalents. Yeah, and it is reversible, right? And I think that's, that's the thing. Often in days to weeks, it can come back. And so, uh, and I think it's interesting for us is doing a lot of addiction when we see people have been using fentanyl and heroin and different things. We have checked a lot of testosterones and it's been pretty stunning. I've had, I've had a couple that were just some of the lowest I've ever seen in 35-year-old people. Right. And I don't know if I said this last week or during the talk or whatever, but you know, I had a young, healthy guy who, you know, had been misusing opioids for a really long time and we had him on buprenorphine. He was doing fabulous, but just so tired. And not only did he have central sleep apnea, like we talked about last week, but then he also had like no testosterone. So it was, it was kind of a twofer and yeah. So one of my favorite studies came out of the VA about this and, uh, what they showed with this really big study was that the chronic opioid patients receiving testosterone, so if you replace them, they have lower all-cause mortality, across the board, lower mortality, and decreased other adverse health, comes, health outcomes. So I think that that's really interesting that, that although, yeah, testosterone does do some things, uh, um, it, it's still the, the all-cause mortality goes down when you add it. Which, so... This isn't us telling you to take every person you have on chronic opioids and throwing testosterone at them. It's, you know, it's still important to be sure, like, if somebody really needs them, awesome. But then, you know, really make sure you're checking these testosterones. This isn't to say that everybody needs chronic opioids. No. But they also had lower risk of uh, coronary artery disease, stroke, other adverse cardiac events, fewer hip fractures, less anemia. And how often do you see an older person who's on chronic opioids who has you know, just this anemia of chronic disease. Yeah. Did you want to talk? Now, you put that slide in there with the women on it. I did, because if you are on testosterone, and you had a whole section in our testosterone talk about women, so if you really want to get the details of this testosterone, go back and listen to that one. But there are complications of being on the testosterone replacement, obesity, hyperlipidemia, hypertension. But in women who do have testosterone, they can actually, if given probably too much, can kind of start to look more masculine. Like a Russian weightlifter? The hers- <laughs> I'm just, I'm just throwing that out there. The hirsutism, voice changes, um, alopecia, acne, headaches. So there, there can be bad things. Yeah. So sleep. Oh, sleep is a problem. Kind of already alluded to this, but... Yeah, and I think it's interesting because when we think about alcohol and the sleep disturbances that those patients have, decreased REM sleep, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of issues with, with alcohol, uh, even at relatively low doses, I think most people would not probably think opioids do that. This, there's a, if you really are into this, this article from um, the Anesthesiology Journal, and it's even from back in 95, um, it's called the effects of 18, opioid. 1895? 
Did I say 18? No. <laughs> the effects of opioid microinjections in the nucleus of the solitary tract on the sleep wakefulness cycle states in cats. So this was actually studied in cats, but um, they've obviously shown this in people and sleep studies and the whole central sleep apnea, but this is crazy. A lot, increased number of uh, shifts in sleep-wake cycles, decreased amount of time in deep sleep and REM sleep, less efficiency. And this chart really shows that, you know, a normal uh, hypnogram and then somebody who's on morphine, it's just like. Yeah, it's amazing. And you need deep sleep for the restoration and body health. And maybe that's part of why the immunology also is impacted. Maybe that's why these, a lot of times you see patients on chronic opiates and they just don't feel good. And when you see them get tapered down or off and they just can't believe how good they feel, some of it could be sleep apnea. Some of it could be their sleep disturbances, decreased REM sleep. So I think there's just lots of things to think about. Right. So a few other things, of course, the respiratory risk of opioids. We all know, obviously the respiratory depression and the whole overdosing thing. Um, but they just, in general, have fewer respirations, which then goes with the second one, increased pneumonias. They, they're they in a slightly immunocompromised state. They can have aspirations more. If you're not breathing as often, you can have kind of lazy lungs. Lazy lungs. Okay, I haven't heard of that. I just made it up. And, of course, the whole sleep apnea thing, which we talked about before, central and obstructive, more prominent. Um, always need to think about opioids coming into a surgery and after a surgery, especially with, what, benzos. Yeah. Surprise. Yeah, People can't surprise. see my facial expressions. I just realized. Um, and actually, long-acting opioids are actually associated with increased mortality. And I think I've said this a thousand times, but when I went through training the big shift with opioid prescribing that we were educated on was let's get people to long acting because they'd be safer, um, but they do have their risks. Yeah. And of course, uh, the post-operative period, especially on patients with methadone, um, you know, that QT prolongation and really just remember overall, when you look at methadone and prescriptions that are going out, it is disproportionately related to death. Uh considering the low number of scripts. So um, it, it'll interact with a lot of things post-op, and you need to understand that. Uh, but if used for pain, again, mortality can be an issue. Can be an issue. Um, some of the other things to think about with some of the other drugs, especially post-op, codeine is one that is not used all that often, um, but it got to be really careful in renal insufficiency. Uh, it's associated with increased mortality, falls, and fractures in that, in that group. So. Black box warning impedes breastfeeding, um, post-op tonsils, and adenoids. And the thing with codeine, yeah, is that not everybody metabolizes codeine the same. And I, I just, that one study with a mom who just metabolized it fine was breastfeeding, but then the baby was a slow metabolizer. And so when it came through the oh, breast milk. Fast metabolizer went to morphine. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Fast metabolizer went to morphine, baby overdosed. Yeah. Like, not cool. Tramadol also you have to be careful of in renal insufficiency can cause those scary seizures. Oh, um, scary for Heather. She, the kid in choir. You won't know what that story is until next week. <laughs> we tape these backwards, but that's okay. Um, high rates of forming chronic use, even with tramadol. And I love this because I think a lot of people in, during this opioid epidemic felt that switching people from oxy or hydrocodone over to tramadol was the safer opioid and it's actually not as great and also black box morning impedes breastfeeding all that you know there's in the old days there was demerol never ever ever even 
half prescribed. Oh man, it. it was used a ton, and but of course that was a different kind of opioid, especially the, with the serotonin syndrome stuff, so seizures and all that. But a lot of people got it for headaches back in the day. Uh, but again, that that was something used post-op. Not so much now. Gone. Good. No. And then you always got to remember how opioids do impact mental health. The co-occurring, it's huge. People with ADHD, schizophrenia, depression, anxiety, bipolar, alcoholism, and PTSD. I sound like a commercial. Yep. So. So keep that in mind. Yeah. So, you know, again, I'm going to repeat it. It's that it's not that nobody should ever be on opioids. It's just being aware that they aren't a magic pill. I don't really think there is one, but there are complications. There are things that interact poorly with them. And And there's medical conditions that make it dangerous. So please always be very careful. And I think that's all we got. That's all we got. So it's on to Casey and the, and the band. Yeah. And next week you will hear about Seroquel 2.0. All right, thanks again for listening. I saw her today at the reception A glass of wine in her hand I knew she was gonna meet her connection At her feet was a footloose man You can't always get what you want You can't always get what you want You can't always get what you want But if you try sometimes, you might find You get what you need You get what you need Yeah Here we go I went down to the demonstration To get my fair share of abuse Singing, we're gonna vent our frustration If we don't, we're gonna blow a 50 amp fuse You can't always get what you want You can't always get what you want You can't always get what you want If you try sometimes, you might find You get what you need You get what you need To the Chelsea drugstore To get your prescription filled I was standing in line with Mr. Jimmy And man, did he look pretty ill We decided that we would have a soda My favorite flavor, cherry red I sung my song to Mr. Jimmy And he said one word to me And that was dead you can't always get what you want. You can't always get what you want. You can't always get what you want. But you try sometimes, you just might find. You get what you need. You get what you need.
today at the reception In her class was a bleeding man She was practiced in the art of deception I could tell by her bloodstained hands You can't always get what you want You can't always get what you want Yeah, you can't always get what you want But if you try sometimes, you might find You get what you need You get what you need You can't always get what you want You can't always get what you want You can't always get what you want But if you try sometimes, you just might find You get what you need What you need.